listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16, getting closer and closer to hub play in Regina. It's Ryan Schweitzer along with Craig Boschman. Uh, we're, we're not in the same room right now. Bosch is, uh, well, you're isolating in preparation of entering the hub, eh? Yeah, each, uh, each player and staff member who's uh, going into the hub for these seven East Division teams is uh, under self-isolation for a week. And then I believe every team is heading to Regina on uh, on Saturday with some staggered check-in times, if you want to call it that, uh, when each team gets there and sort of unloads their personal belongings into their, uh, their rooms. And uh, then they're going to be in isolation for another week while they await to get a few negative tests before everyone can jump on the ice. Yeah. And, you know, like so much that's happened throughout COVID, uh, you know, not just in regards to sports, but there's a lot of things that are kind of fluid and that are changing right now. When last you heard, like, what's what's your access level with the team? Like, are you going to be staying on a different floor when you're at the rink? Are there areas that, you know, you as a member of the team's media won't be allowed in? Like, have you heard how that's going to roll out? There are areas that the media is not allowed in, and it's, and it's interesting. So our the broadcast location that I'm going to be calling games from at the Brand Center is not going to be the actual broadcast booth in the rink. I believe there's going to be an area on the concourse that I'll be set up on because uh, for the other broadcasters who aren't in the hub full time, you know, guys like the Brandon Weekings, Brandon Crow, and Trevor Redden and Prince Albert, because they're going to be outside of the hub of the University of Regina and the Brand Center, they don't want any sort of cross contamination between the broadcast booth with somebody potentially bringing it into the booth. And then I go up there bring it down into the into the dorm room type of thing right so there is a little bit of separation in that sense so i'm not exactly sure where the broadcast location is going to be in the rink i just know it's going to be on the concourse level somewhere so hopefully it's got good enough uh, sight lines that i can still see everything that's going on but um i think they've done their best to really sort of hammer these rules into place and make sure that people aren't crossing paths with people that they're not supposed to nice so a little old time hockey broadcasting from the concourse going back to a time before the broadcast booth yeah, I think they originally were were going to set us up right along the glass beside the bench, and I was not a not a big fan of that to be able to see what's going on in the corner. So thankfully, they kind of revisited it, and uh, they're going to put us up at least uh, on the concourse level somewhere. So I should be able to have a, a decent view of what's going on. Yeah, and at the time we're recording this, uh, I saw that you just sent out a media release regarding uh, the new CHL Live package and how fans can watch games. Yeah, so just the new the new company, I think, with uh, you know with new new line in the last couple of years, and now it's going to be Verizon with the uh, WHL Live on CHL TV thing. So uh, I think there's plans for you know a whole lot of updated things with maybe the video quality and uh, you know graphics on the on the stream and that kind of stuff. So some uh, exciting stuff to try and make it maybe feel a little bit more like a TV broadcast, like you'd watch in Hockey Night in Canada. So um, should be some pretty exciting stuff. And uh, I think as the years go on, it's going to evolve even more, and we'll see uh, how uh, how far we can kind of take this thing. We got a good chat uh, coming up on the Broncos This Week podcast with one of the newest members of the Swift Current Bronco family, Owen Williams, 20-year-old defenseman whose WHL career has taken him to Regina. That's where he got started and most recently with the Seattle Thunderbirds. Great chat we had with, uh, I'm assuming his nickname is Willie. I believe so, yeah. And I think, uh, you know, these 20-year-old guys, I always kind of anticipate them being able to you know, carry a conversation pretty well. They've been around the league. They know what it's like doing these media interviews. So um, he was a great kid, came as advertised. I think, uh, you know, Dean Brockman, uh, when he told me about the acquisition, said that he's just uh, an outstanding kid. And and you and I talking to him the other day, kind of realized how how serious he takes this and how much of a difference maker he wants to be both, you know, on the ice and games and whatnot, but also trying to teach the young guys on the team, uh, you know, how to 
how to handle the Western League and how to adjust and how they need to to be you know fully committed and focused on on playing each and every single day. So uh, great chat with him, and I'm looking forward to watching him for these 24 games. Yeah, that chat with Owen Williams is coming up shortly on Broncos this week. Uh, while I got you here, Bosch, I know during uh, quarantine and during the last 10 months, you haven't taken many days off. You've uh, you've kept yourself informed with with our draft picks and our prospects and everything. And, you know, just to, to familiarize our fans who will be able to watch via that CHL live package, want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the guys that our fans aren't familiar with, starting with uh, a guy who was a first round pick of the team in 2019 and very much looking forward to seeing him in a Bronco uniform on a regular basis, Matthew Ward. Yeah, team's first pick in 2019, like you said, um, you know, 14th overall, a guy who's uh, really got some high-end playmaking skill. I think is kind of the, the main calling card of Matthew Ward. And you saw how how easily he adjusted from the, the U15 to the U18 level. He put up the same point total in his draft year as he did with the, the West Vancouver Warriors last year. Um, you know, he was playing on the same team as Connor Bedard, but didn't play with him very much. So he was kind of driving that, uh, that second line by himself. So uh, I think he's one of those uh, high-end skill type of players who's going to inject some some much-needed uh, high-end talent into the Broncos roster. Um, and the fact that he's going to be able to get there and play full-time regularly now, and you would imagine get some some power play time and that kind of thing. I think he's one of those guys who's going to uh, really make a difference uh, in his career with the Broncos. I think um, he's a player who just he's just laser-focused on hockey. I mean, you talk to him, it kind of he seems like he's disinterested when you're talking to him, but I think it's just because he's so focused on uh, getting better and making sure that he's uh, he's focused on, on on doing what he can to help the team. So uh, it's going to be fun to watch him play regularly and and even see how much he adjusts even over just a 24 game stretch. Yeah, very much looking forward to seeing him. Uh, another guy that I want to ask you about as we go down the roster, uh, someone who's been part of the Bronco family for a year, but we haven't really seen much of him, and that's a, a guy that was part of the Ben King deal, Jordan Borchuk. Yeah, he was, uh, you know, a guy, I think kind of a, one of those energy type players, you can kind of plug him in anywhere and he can, he can do what you need him to. He's, he scored at the, at the junior A level and the U18 level before. And then unfortunately for him, he's had some, some kind of nagging injuries that have held him out for extended periods of time. Uh, just like when the Broncos picked him up in that trade last year and he, he played two shifts in his first game and then he was, he was done for the whole year. So, um, you know, when I talked to him back in, I think it was October, he was kind of saying how he was he was really just starting to get back into form then. So he was somebody who really benefited from having that extended off season. And, um, you know, a guy who's going to be able to get in there and try and uh, establish himself as a, as a Western league regular, because he hasn't been able to do that yet with all the injuries that he's battled. So it should be fun to see what kind of player he is really. Um, you know, he kind of joked that he hasn't played in so long. He doesn't even really know what kind of player he is anymore. So uh, it'll be nice to see him play. I, th I think he's going to be one of those kind of energy guys, you know, middle six or, bottom six type guys who can chip in offensively uh, with uh, with some speed and some physical play. Yeah, another guy to talk about is uh, someone who's new to the Swift Current Bronco family, but no stranger to the Western Hockey League. And that's uh, another offseason acquisition in Michael Farron. Yeah, a 20 year old guy. And, and, you know, we talked to Dean Brockman last uh, last week and he was saying that he had him in, uh, in Saskatoon for a year and a half or two years uh, there. And, and I think it was a guy who kind of forced his way onto the team. Uh, he was undrafted out of, uh, out of the U18 level or U15 level rather. And then kind of just bulldozed his way onto that Saskatoon roster when he was uh, 16 years old. So um, a guy that Dean's very familiar with and, and has had success with in the past. So um, I think he's going to be one of those guys who's, who's relied on heavily to not only create offense, much like Koloski and Oster were last year, but a guy who's also going to have to teach uh, all the young players on the Broncos roster this year, sort of, again, the commitment level it takes to to be a regular and be successful in the Western Hockey League, uh, just like the guys did last year. And uh, I think with Dean having that familiarity with, uh, you know, with Michael from years past, I think it's going to help out that relationship and 
uh, you know, hopefully he can, uh, he can teach the young guys a thing or two. We got a guy who more than uh, a year ago had a preseason hat trick as a 15 year old, lots and lots of hype around Josh Davies. What's he been up to since then? Yeah, I think he's, uh, he's really been working hard on trying to, you know, to grow himself as a player. I mean, when we watched him in the preseason, it was just unbelievable to see what he was doing, um, you know, against, you know, it was a lot of younger players in the lineup during those games, of course, but there were got times when he would, you know, go into the corner looking for a puck and, and a, a 19 year old D man would come after him and he would just bounce off Davies because he would kind of set himself. And uh, it's, it's pretty incredible how strong he is uh, on his feet and the way that he's able to absorb those kind of hits, but he's also got a, a wicked wrist shot as we saw uh, in the preseason, you know, he had five goals in four games in the preseason. Uh, like you said, that hat trick in his first one. And then to kick off this year, he was playing at home in Airdrie for the Bisons there, the U18 team and had six goals in five games. So uh, I really think this is a guy who's got some very serious high-end offensive potential for this Broncos team. And the fact that they got him at 54th overall is uh, it's already looking like a steal. And, uh, you know, to be able to see him regularly and see everything that he can do is pretty exciting. You know, uh, last year, Caleb Weierstock, he was an AP for a few games and he scored probably a, a top five highlight reel goal of the year for this organization. Very much looking forward to seeing uh, the young man from Medicine Hat in more of a regular role. And uh, I know that he, he certainly plays with an edge, which may be a bit of an understatement. I was going to say he's a definite shift disturber, as I say that carefully. Uh, one of those guys who really tries to get under the other opponent's skin and you, all you have to do is look at his penalty minute totals over the last couple of years, and you'll see how much of a, a pain he is to play against. So, uh, you know, he's he's admitted that he he needs to work on that because, you know, you don't want to hurt your team by taking penalties at the wrong time kind of thing. But, you know, if you can walk that fine line of, of getting under the opponent's skin and then and making them take a penalty with a retaliation play, which is usually how it works, um, you know, it can be an incredibly effective player. But, uh, you know, we saw in that game, his first game, when he scored that goal against Edmonton, just kind of used his speed and, put the shoulder down and cut to the net after intercepting a puck. So I think this is a guy who's also got some, some great offensive uh, capabilities, but uh, you know, really going to be one of those, uh, you know, Brad Marchand type of pain in the rear end type of players to play against. And you hate, hate playing against them, but I think Broncos fans are going to love having them on the team. Yeah. You know, there's another kid who, you know, in comparison with some of the other prospects has flown under the radar a bit, but uh, I know a young man that our coaches are quite high on is Verdon Manitoba's Braden Lewis. Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny in, in speaking to um, the Brandon Weekings broadcaster, Brandon Crow, he knows him because they're both from Burton, right? So, and he knows the team or the family as well. So, um, you know, I remember him telling me a while ago that he thinks that Braden Lewis is going to be, you know, a guy who could be a leader in the Western Hockey League. And, you know, the the strides that he made in his second season of, uh, of U18, he was uh, the captain of his team last year with uh, the Southwest Cougars. And, more than double his point total from 30 to 64 um, last season as well. And a guy who made his Western League debut against that game against the Seattle Thunderbirds. So, um, you know, a guy who's going to come in and I think the, the Broncos might kind of temper the expectations for him. But, you know, you just look at the numbers that he's put up in the past and the guy who can certainly provide offensively. But, um, you know, I think he's a kind of guy who just wants to do whatever he can to help the team. You know, I don't think he's going to have the expectation on himself to be a point per game player every year. He just wants to do what he can. And, and that's what you need. You know, you need guys who are team players and realize that, you know, maybe they could, you know, provide more somewhere else or at a different league, but uh, he's a guy who wants to be in the Western Hockey league and then wants to help the team win. So I think that's the kind of player that you need on your team. Yeah. Another Manitoban is, uh, you know, a kid that's coming in. He certainly got some size. He's got some personality. Uh, Josh Philman set to make his uh, Western league debut in the hub. 
Yeah, one of the most well-spoken uh, young men I've ever spoken to, actually, with doing interviews with all the prospects over the course of the offseason. Just, uh, you know, you talk to him, you kind of expect these younger guys to be a little timid and, and kind of stumble over their words a little bit. But uh, he was uh, outstanding. It was like talking to an adult. And uh, maybe you shouldn't be surprised. His, his grandpa's the former premier of Manitoba. So um, a very, uh, very well-spoken young guy and a guy who, uh, who also upped his offensive game last year with 40 points at the U15 level or the U16 level, excuse me. And then uh, got off to a heck of a start this year uh, with rink hockey Academy, 14 points in four games before they were all forced to, to shut down. So I think uh, Dean Brockman and the coaching staff are really high on this guy, mostly for his character, but also knowing that he can play every role too. Um, and speaking to him, you know, he, he knows that he wanted to work on his offense over the last couple of years, but he's also not, not saying he's going to pencil himself in as being a top line forward or a top six forward. Um, another one of those guys who's happy to to go out there and, and, and kill penalties or defend a lead if he has to, instead of jumping onto the power play. So uh, again, some of those guys that you need on your team to be successful. And uh, he's another one in that same mold. The Swift Current Bronco organization has made a few deals with the Everett Silvertips over the past few years. And uh, one of the young prospects coming our way set to make his Bronco debut in the hub is Winnipeg's Carter Hallamanderas. Uh, what do we know about this young man? Yeah, he, uh, he kind of blew up last year, you know, with his uh, 31 goals and 42 games for the Winnipeg Wild over there in the Manitoba U18 league. They were far and away the best team in that league. And then he was one of the driving forces behind their uh, their surgeons this year. And unfortunately they, they didn't get a chance to finish what they started with the, the season getting canceled. But um, you know, I think he is a guy who, who can score goals. I think that's why Dean Brock went out and got him. There's no, uh, no question that the Broncos have, have struggled to score goals regularly over the last couple of years. And, you know, with the team having four fourth round picks heading into last year's draft, uh, you know, Dean said he wanted to use one of those to get a player who could help right away uh, instead of using it on a player who will come in in a couple of years. So you know, getting a guy in, in uh, Hallamanderas from from Everett, and and I think I think Carter knew as well that it was a good move for him. Just you know, with with how you know deep and strong that Everett always is, it's, it might be easier for him to you know make an impact quicker with uh, with a team like the Swift Current Broncos. So I think he's a guy who wants to wants to make that impact right away. Um, he's he's got that goal scoring capability, and I think he's going to have the expectation on himself to to be an offensive producer for this team and. Uh, you know, it might take him a little while to get there, whether it's this year or next year or the year after that. But uh, I think there's some expectation for him to provide offense and then help this team score some more goals. Yeah, a, uh, a kid who was uh, was signed in the offseason. Fans of the home hardware Legionnaires may recognize uh, a new face on the Bronco roster who played his U18 AAA in Saskatoon, young Carter Stebbings. Uh, what do you know about him? Yeah, he's uh, he's a three-year player of that uh, Saskatoon Blazers team, and he was their captain last year as well. So uh, another guy who's got sort of those leadership capabilities, and um, you know he, he's the all-time leading scorer in uh, Saskatoon Blazers history with him playing three years there. So he's also one of those guys who's clearly got some offense in him, and um, you know I think he's also just a character kid. Uh, and speaking with him, and obviously an undrafted guy, and it didn't uh, it didn't fault him uh, getting undrafted. He just kind of pushed through and made sure that he got noticed one way or another. And, and the Broncos took notice of that. So when they listed him, I think it was before the 18-19 the season, they listed him and brought him into camp. So the teams had a couple of training camps with him. He, he played his first game in Saskatoon last year, which was uh, you know a tough game to, to debut in against a really strong Saskatoon team. But um, another one of those guys that I think you can kind of plug in anywhere. And surely he's got those offensive abilities with his numbers he's put up over the last couple of years. And, and he knows a couple of the players on the Broncos with uh, you know a guy like Cole Nagy he played with. And, Dalen Weagle too last year, newly acquired Dalen Weagle. So uh, I think there's some familiarity there and, uh, and he'll be a guy who can sort of help out wherever. Uh, what do you know about the league's policy on 15 year olds? Because I see that uh, the Broncos most recent, 
recent first round draft pick Brady Bernie is on the roster. Yeah. So he's, he's going to join the team in the hub and I, I don't know for sure, but I have seen a number of other teams with their first round pick from 2020 on the roster as well. So I'm kind of thinking that, um, you know, teams have been sort of given approval to have one 15 year old on their roster this year, because I've seen Cal and Lind is going to uh, Red Deer to play or be with them all season, Tanner Molendyke in Saskatoon, same thing. So I think there's sort of a rule that every team is allowed to bring one 15 year old with them this year. And it seems like most teams are, are taking their, their first round pick as expected as long as they're signed. So, um, you know, with the Broncos being able to bring Brady Bernie and he's, he's still able to practice with his uh, Regina Pack Canadians team, but obviously their season was, uh, you know, more or less canceled not that long ago. So the fact that you're able to get him in there and practice with you all sir, for, for two straight months and, and maybe get into some game action as well, just kind of helps him get more prepared to, to make that full-time jump next season. So, um, he's a guy that's going to be fun to watch in practice and sort of see how he adjusts to playing against guys, you know, potentially six years older than him. So um, it should be pretty, uh, pretty cool to see him uh, in practice and hopefully he'll get some game action as well. On last week's edition of Broncos this week, we uh, talked with Dean Brockman about the recently acquired Cade Augustine, who most recently played in the Moose Jaw Warriors. We'll encourage fans to, to check that out, to, to find out more on Cade. Uh, Devin Aubin is uh, a player that has seen a little bit of action in the WHL and uh, set to become more of a full-time presence with the team. Yeah, and, and I talked to him about a month and a half ago to do a, a little story on him, and uh, he really just seems like a guy who just wants to help any way he can. You know, he... He's played big minutes on his teams in the past, but I, I think he just wants to to help the team any way he can. And he even, you know, singled out, uh, you know, being a, an important influence in the community as well when speaking to him. So I think he's a guy who really knows how important junior hockey players can be to their local communities. And of course, unfortunately, the Broncos won't be able to do community engagement this year. But, you know, assuming that uh, Devin's on the team for the next few seasons, um, a guy who I think will be one of the first guys to sort of volunteer for community events and then get his, his name and face out there to help out with, you know, minor hockey practices or school visits and that kind of stuff. So really just seems like a character kid. Um, you know, I'm excited to see him jump on the ice regularly and hoping to get in some games. And, um, you know, you always, you root, you can root for, for teams or you can root for players. And I think one of Devin Aubin's one of those guys that uh, you kind of root for to have success because it just seems like he's such a great kid. Uh, Dalen Weagle is a player that the Swift Current Broncos recently pried out of Regina via trade for a future Bantam draft pick. And I know that this is a player that, uh, that has been on the coaching staff's radar for a little while. Yeah, I was, I was shocked when I called him just the other day. He's got a deeper voice than I do. And I was kind of taken aback when he answered the phone. So uh, I talked to him for about 15 minutes the other day and then posted up a story on the Broncos website that uh, fans can check out as well. But um, he's a, a self-proclaimed defensive defenseman. Uh, he knows that that's his job is to try and keep the puck out of his net rather than put it in the opponent's net. So, um, you know, he doesn't have the biggest size. He's not one of those 6'6", 230-pound shutdown D-men, but um, that's what he wants to do. He wants to take care of his own end, and, and if he can jump in and chip in offensively, he will. But, uh, you know, he was drafted in the sixth round uh, by Regina after putting up six points in his draft year. So he said, just because I don't put up points doesn't mean I don't play well. So, uh, he's not a guy who's going to beat himself up if he doesn't put up points for 10 games in a row. He just knows what his job is, and that's to try and shut down the opponents. So uh, looking forward to him sort of jumping into that young young core for the Broncos here and uh, hopefully being a mainstay on defense. Owen Williams is uh, our guest on the Broncos This Week podcast, our feature guest. We're going to chat with him in just a moment, get more information on him. But uh, in the meantime, let's talk about uh, another Bantam pick, a late, a late round Bantam pick that turned into a, a signed player with this organization, and that's Owen Pickering out of Manitoba. Yeah, I think the Broncos are really high on, uh, on Owen Pickering. Uh, when they 
when they drafted him, I think he was about five foot ten, and now he's listed at six foot three. I think so. He's uh, he's shot up like a bean sprout over the last two years or so. And um, you know, I talked to him and then asked him because sometimes when guys grow that quickly, they kind of become uncoordinated because they don't know what to do with all this extra length they've got. But he said he's played so many sports growing up that he's kind of found a way to keep himself centered and, and kind of knows how to use the size that he has. And um, you know, a guy who you know, as expected, he's 16 years old. He's not going to be 200 pounds at, at this age, but uh, I think a guy who's going to put on more weight each year that goes by in the Western League, and um, he's got some offensive instincts with some of the point totals he's put up over the last few years. So uh, really excited to see how much he grows even more. He, who, know, who knows, he might actually reach six foot six by the time he's in his 19 or 20-year-old season here. So um, yeah, I think he's a guy who can, who can play power play in the future and maybe be sort of a, a guy who's relied upon to jump over the boards when the team's on the penalty kill too. So uh, one of those guys that I know the Broncos were elated to get as late as they did 177th overall in that 2019 draft. And the fact that he's grown so quickly and it's going to be, a, you know, probably a regular with the team this year, I think already speaks volumes to how much he's grown. Lots of new faces on this Bronco roster this year. We've been breaking down uh, the players that are going to be making their first appearance in the blue and green. And last but certainly not least, someone who who looks to be a capable understudy for Isaac Poulter in net, and that is uh, young Reed Dick. Yeah, he uh, he had just an incredible season last year at the U18 level with the Pembina Valley Hawks, 17-4-0. His, his goals against and save percentage, I think, were second and third in the league, uh, respectively, at 931 save percentage in 226 and then he was even better in the playoffs only gotten three games before the playoffs were shut down but three and oh had a shutout and 968 save percentage in those three games so um, i think it's easy to look at a guy like that and kind of think that's the broncos goalie of the future with him being you know a 16 year old and isaac being a 19 year old but um i think it's it's perfect for him to to like you said be a bit of an understudy with isaac poulter and a guy who's shouldered the load as the unquestionable number one goaltender for the broncos last season and the fact that he's He's very dedicated to what he does is Isaac, and he can sort of help uh, help Reed make that adjustment as well. So uh, it's it'll be interesting to see how the coaching staff kind of handles the the goal or the game split with uh, with Isaac and with Reed. But uh, Reed's a big kid; he's already six foot four, and apparently has put on a lot of muscle since the Broncos last saw him. So uh, I think he's a guy who's going to excel in the Western League as a, a star goaltender. And he got up to a great start with the Winkler Flyers in Junior A. 3-0 with a 9.20 save percentage in five games as a as a 16 year old. So I don't think there's any question that he's ready to make that jump full time. And and that's what he said when I talked to him in the summary. He wanted to make that jump and and be the first 16 year old full time goalie for the Broncos since I think Kyle Moyer back in 2003 or something like that. So it's been a been a long long time since the Broncos have had a young goaltender like Reed Dick. And uh, I think it's an exciting exciting guy to have on the roster. Well, it's exciting times to be a Swift Current Bronco fan. Uh, you know, you look at the roster online at scbroncos.com. There, there's a lot of indicates rookie stars that are going to be uh, entering the the hub in Regina, and certainly an exciting time to be a Bronco fan. Bosch, thanks for uh, for breaking everything down for us. It certainly gets one uh, one excited for, for mid-March and the puck dropping. Yeah, seeing all the homegrown talent, exciting. I think at the end of the season, the Broncos had just one player on the roster who was actually drafted by the Broncos, and that was Isaac Poulter. And now it's looking like there's going to be nine on the roster for this season. So the homegrown talent is uh, is starting to to come through. And uh, like you said, it is an exciting time to be a Broncos fan. And uh, you know, it seems like there's uh, you know exciting days ahead. And and that's just for the 04 crop, let alone the 05 group who will be coming next year. Our featured guest on the Broncos This Week podcast is newly acquired overage defenseman Owen Williams, and we'll have that convo in just a moment. This is Broncos This Week, brought to you by Original 16. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. 
the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. It's the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. And uh, we're joined by one of the newest members of the Swift Current Bronco family, uh, Owen Williams, from his home in Delta, B.C., as he gets set to head to the, the hub in Regina. Uh, Owen, how's, uh, how's quarantine life treating you right now? Well, uh, I'd say generally it could be bad, but uh, it's good right now because I'm excited to get going. What sorts of things are you doing to keep yourself busy in uh, in this quarantine <laughs> period before we go to Regina? Um, I mean, it, it can get pretty boring. Uh, you start walking around the house, be looking through the fridge and uh, wandering around, just trying to think of stuff to do. I mean, um, you know, there's there's not much. Play some video games, watch some TV, movies, that kind of thing. How has uh... How's the last 10 or so months been for you? Because, you know, COVID hit, everything got shut down, and all of a sudden it looks like there might be a light at the end of the tunnel and then playing again. But you're a 20-year-old in a competitive league. Like, how's the last, you know, 10 months in your life been, Owen? Uh, well, it's it's been uh, unsettling at times, you know. Um, I think the way that uh, it played out, it was, uh, you know, a little bit of news, a little bit of a trickle, and uh, you get excited, and then you hear it's been delayed again. So um it's been uh, it's been unsettling um but i'm i'm pumped now i'm excited i'm grateful to be with uh swift current today um i know that there's uh there's a lot of other 20s right now you know that are in an unfortunate situation right they're they're you know being dropped last minute teams don't want to take 20s that sort of thing so i'm pretty grateful to be in the position that i'm in and and i'm excited to get going a lot of guys have had to change uh, sort of their workout regimens and practice routines over the course of the last you know, 10 months or so. So uh, how different has it looked for you compared to maybe uh, some previous off seasons for you? Uh, well, I, um, I had a new uh, trainer this summer, Adam Nugent Hopkins at a ca- catalyst out of Burnaby. Um, he was fantastic. Uh, it was my first time with him. So um, it was good, you know, a smaller group. I got to focus on, uh, you know, uh, there's a little bit more one-on-one there. You know, it's, it wasn't a group, a big group. Uh, there was social distancing, that sort of thing. A bunch of safety, uh, you know, health health protocols that were enforced. Um, it was definitely different. You know, you have to be aware of, of other people and, 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 you know, obviously where you are and, and everything and, and um, pay attention. And, um, you know, everything goes smoothly as long as everybody's paying attention. So, I mean, it's been different, but... Uh, I, I think it worked out for the better. I got lots of one-on-one time with the, with Adam and, and he really worked with me and, and uh, it was, it was good. Definitely good. Your, uh, your Western hockey league career began just down the road from here, uh, oddly enough in Regina, the same place that it looks like it's going to wind down here, but uh, you spent the last three seasons playing in Seattle for, uh, for fans that are, that are unfamiliar with you, you know, talk about your game and, and we'll do the classic question. Who, who's an NHLer that you would compare your game to? Well, uh, yeah. So I played the last three seasons in Seattle. Um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a two way defenseman. Um, I kind of fill a lot of positions. I, um, uh, good on the PK played on the power play, um, mixed it up a little bit, gotten a couple of scraps. Um, but all around, you know, I, I, I covered a lot of bases there. Um, I, I, I'd compare myself to maybe a, a Jay Bomeister or a Darnell nurse, a couple of comparables there. Um, strong skating, um, you know, good, good first pass type defenseman. 
So playing in Seattle, I mean, Swift Current's one of those towns, I think, where everybody knows everybody type of thing, but it's it's not like that playing in Seattle. And I don't know the Thunderbirds play in Kent, which is not quite Seattle, but, you know, playing in a, in a market like that, um, you know, what's what's the experience like playing in a, in a major city like Seattle? Uh, well, um, Kent was actually uh, quite a quite a great place to play. Um, the fans were all, all personal with each player, you know. Um, there was the booster club there um you know consistent fans and and they were true fans you know um i'd say the hockey culture is a little bit different down there from from you know maybe swift current moose shot um but you know what it's it's the hockey culture in general you know people love to come to games they love the character of the the teams the character of the organizations and the character of the people i mean it's all the same and it's it can get pretty rowdy down there um the fans are pretty active in seattle uh everett they're pretty active um lots of chance. I mean, it's, it's pretty awesome, but uh, it's different from a, from a community like Swift Current, Moose Jaw, Regina, stuff like that. Those, those, those places are, um, are definitely unique. They, they live and bleed and, and, and do everything in hockey. You know, um, there's, there's people there that have been going to games for their whole life, you know? So I think it's a little bit different, but at the end of the day, I mean, hockey culture, um, is the same, right? Everybody's everybody loves the game. Those uh, those U.S. division rivalry games. I mean, they, they look like a ton of fun. They're a ton of fun to watch. What what's it like playing in those? Like I imagine playing for Seattle, it, it was probably heated every time uh, you were in Everett or every time Everett was in town. Eh? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we played them twelve games a year, and, and it was a, it was a war. I mean, it was it was a dogfight every time. Um, you know, everybody showed up to play. <clears throat> you know, everybody. Uh, was ready to go they were fired up and they knew it was going to be a battle and um i mean the fans definitely bring the heat too you know so whether it's in seattle or everett i mean it's it gets pretty pretty rowdy you know everybody's in it and and everybody's ready to go to war um there's no nights off when you play those teams and and it it, for us i mean we were or i guess seattle was a lot younger um you know the guys were young we had a couple of big strong guys but um Everett was a top contender in the league. And I mean, we, we showed up to play every night. I mean, for whatever games they won, they, they didn't get it easy. I mean, they had to, they had to really fight for it. So, um, and I mean, it it was like that across, you know, all us division teams. I mean, it was, it was, it was a battle. It was a war and I'm, 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 uh, I'm excited to go to the East. So, you know, it'll be, it'll be a different, different light. Um, but it'll definitely still be a lot of hard work, a lot of grit, um, you know, but I'm, but I'm overall excited. And it's of course not the first time you're going to play in this division or, or in Regina for that matter, because you started your Western league career there, like, uh, like Swite said. So, I um, mean, you were a 17 year old, I think when you started there and that was the year that the Broncos won the championship and the, the Pats hosted the Memorial cup. So you started off on a team that was already a championship contender. Uh, you know, what was it like being in a room with a, a team kind of loaded like that? Well, I mean that, that year, the year before, uh, you know, they went to the, to the, um, playoff finals there um it was fantastic i mean being there uh, at a young age with with such amazing talent um you know the pros they were all pros you know and and you could see it in the dressing room you could see it in the way that they carried themselves and i think that's super beneficial for someone that is uh 16 17 looking you know looking up you know they're looking at these players and they're thinking like you know you know i i want to be like them right so um, being on a championship team definitely helps. Um, 
because championship teams, you know, everybody, everybody has, has their thing, right. That, that, that makes a team successful. So definitely beneficial. You're in a very unique position when you think about it, because you're, you're playing for a team and you're representing a city that you've never had a billet family in, and you've never been to a training camp for, and you've never had a practice in a home rink. And yet you're, you're representing Swift current to, you know, for, from your time in, in previous organizations, Regina and in Seattle, what, what do you remember about, uh, about the innovation credit union, IPLEX and, and Swift current and, and everything that goes with the Broncos? Oh, it was electric in there. I mean, that, that, uh, that barn gets packed. I mean, from the floor to the ceiling and it's tons of energy. Um, I, I just know from playing and it's, it's it, the game, the game and the, and the, and, and the speed of the game is, is magnified, you know, by the arena. I think it's, I think it's pretty, it's pretty cool. You know, it's a little bit, a little bit different. I mean, Seattle is a little bit bigger um and Regina is big too but I think that you can really get into some high paced high speed games and it, it gets it gets pretty rowdy in there I know that for a fact you've actually got a bit of a Broncos connection as you were teammates with Jackson Klosky in Seattle in that 18-19 season and he was actually the one who told me that uh, the Broncos had picked you up when I talked to him just before Christmas so uh can you tell me tell us a little bit about uh, your relationship with him and then did you kind of talk to him a little bit about uh, what Swift Current's all about when uh, when Dean Brockman gave you a call Oh yeah. Well, uh, Jack's, um, we got, uh, traded the same time to Seattle. So, um, we were on the, on the flight out together to Seattle and that's when we uh, first became friends. Uh, he kind of walked up to me awkwardly in the middle of the airport, <laughs> you know, I was like, what the, what's this guy doing? But no, we, we hit it off and, and we're good buds. And, uh, no, he, um, I just, he actually, he knew and I didn't tell him. And I don't know how he found out. I think he maybe found out from uh, from Bully there, Bullich. Um, but uh, no, he was talking to me and he told me I'd love the place, said it's a, a, a great organization, first class. So he said I'd, I'd really enjoy it and, and have a lot of fun there. So I'm, I'm excited, definitely. Have you talked much with uh, with your new coaching staff about your role with the Swift Current Broncos? Uh, I imagine the word leadership has probably been thrown around a bit, eh? Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, this this time has been pretty hectic. You know, we've just been trying to get organized. Um, the staff is doing a great job communicating with the players and, and getting everybody on the same page. Um, it's it's tough time. It's pretty unprecedented right now. So um, it's just important that everybody's on the same page. And, uh, you know, there's there's no mistakes. You know, we got to be ready to go. Guys can't be fooling around. And um, getting everybody, you know, in the hub city, get them in quarantine, you know, get their tests, follow the protocol, you know, et cetera. You know, that's, I think that's uh, number one. That's, that's pretty important. You mentioned Bullich in your last answer. I'm, I'm assuming that's Caleb Bullich, of course, the, the, yeah. the older one as well. And so are there other guys on the, on the Broncos team that you're uh, familiar with, whether, you know, seen them before or trained with them or something? Yeah. Michael Farron. Um, he is a local guy here, Langley. Um, so I'm excited to, uh, to see him. But uh, I think that's I think that's it. I, I know Aiden Bullish too. So I mean, the Bullish brothers and and Farron. So but right. No, that's about it. So, so at the moment, uh, you know, you and Bosch are kind of in the same boat. How you're going to be heading into the hub in the next little bit and doing some quarantining. Uh, Bosch needs to be in shape to do play by play for a game. But but you got to be on the ice and ready to go. Are are you able to to you know stay active in this? bizarre setting of, of quarantining and isolating prior to entering the hub? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just have to be creative, you, you know, and you have to want to do it. I mean, you can, there's, there's lots of things that you can do. I mean, you just have to get creative as long as you have a little bit of space. I mean, um, I think just, um, staying fits the most important thing, you know, you can do anything on the spot, you know, running, you know, high knees, stuff like that. You can do lots of yoga, um, holds, body weight, isometrics, stuff like that. I mean, there's mobility things, stretching, lots of things to keep your body in shape and, um, you gotta be eating. I mean, it, it's going to take a lot of discipline, you know, to be ready to go here. You're going to, you're going to have to be ready. And, um, every day in quarantine, you have to do something because you're not going to be on the ice, not going to be in the gym working out, um, not going to be able to shoot pucks, you know, anything like that. So going to have to be pretty disciplined, you know, when it comes to, to these, these 14 days quarantine here. How much of an adjustment do you think it's going to be when guys, uh, you know, they're out of quarantine and start practicing again, because we know it's a 24 game schedule, but it's, it's condensed. I mean, it's basically 24 games in 48 days and then there might be practices every other day as well. So um, do you think it's going to be, you know, a bit tough to, to get the legs going after this 11 month or 12 month layoff? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Without, without a doubt. I think uh, the first couple skates are going to be really important. Guys got to be working hard. Like they're, we're, we're, we're not going to have much of a choice. You know, if we want to be ready to play, ready to win, we need to be um, working our bag off. You know, th there can't be any days taken off. We're going to have to really step it up and, and it's going to take a lot of commitment. And we got to bind it to the program there. How's it? Uh, how do you think it's going to be for you? You mentioned that you are familiar with some guys on this team, but uh, you know, a lot of folks heading into this hub, they're doing so with guys that they've played with two or three years. And whereas, you know, you, you're, you're basically heading into an entirely new room. You know, how do you think that's going to play out? Uh, I'm not, I'm not super concerned at the end of the day. I mean, the hockey world is a brotherhood, you know, everybody's close. Everybody knows everybody, right. Um, there's always lots of mutual connections. And I think that, uh, I'm just excited to be there. You know, I'm excited to meet the guys. I'm excited to get rolling. Um, a little bit uh, less worried about, you know, you know, making new friends or anything like that. I, I think it's just gonna, gonna go the way it goes and, and everybody's gonna just be excited to be on the ice together. Just looking at your draft year on, uh, you were a ninth round pick 190th overall. And there's only a handful of guys who were drafted after you that uh, have played in the Western league, you know, Cole Reinhardt, Sean Strange, Max Paddock. So there's only a few guys who were taken after you. I mean, how much how much pride do you take in being a, a late round pick and then becoming the player that you become? Oh, I I am uh, I'm obviously uh, you know I, I, I'm prideful, but I definitely think that there's more work to be done. You know, there's always more work to be done, and there's there's more that needs to be done. Um, I have to be relentless every day in my pursuit of of success and uh, chasing the dream. Right? We you know we hockey players you know start when we were young you know and and it's and it's getting to this you know to the to the position where I'm in myself as a 20 year old it's time to um you know keep the keep the keep the hammer down and, and keep pushing you know looking back on your career you remember uh, you, we touched on earlier you were a member of the Regina Pats the year that uh, they hosted the Memorial Cup you were a young D-man on a host team and you got shipped to Seattle you know do you remember what it was like you know being 17 years old and being called into the office and basically saying you're being shipped across the country um yeah uh, <laughs> it was weird it was about 2 hours uh, before the deadline um on trade deadline day um, I was having a game day nap and I got a phone call from uh, my agent and he's like, Hey, I just talked to your dad and um, you know, this is on the table. What do you think? And, and blah, blah, blah. And, and we had our conversation and then, and then, you know, 
I haven't looked back since, right? Just just been moving forward, keep pushing forward. Um, it was, it, I, I wasn't expecting it, you know. I was uh, I was sleeping. <laughs> you know, so. Did you did you keep close tabs on how how the Pats were doing after that, or were you really just kind of focused on uh, on the Seattle Thunderbirds at that point? I was focused on Seattle. Um, I, I I was coming in there as a 17 year old. I was I was young, and uh, they had a bit of an older team. I think, uh, you know, they had just won the um, championship here before. So um, still a lot of veteran guys. And um, I was just focused on making impact there as, as much as I could, um, solidifying a role and then building from there. I didn't uh, I didn't look back too much. Just tried to focus on what was in front of me. You know, we've uh, we've talked to a lot of guys on a lot of podcasts about trade deadline and that experience and everything. You must have ice water in your veins because I don't know of too many guys that nap on trade deadline day. You know, is that? Yeah. The- <laughs> Yeah, well, I, That's was so cold, man. I wasn't too worried about it. I, uh, I wasn't expecting it. Uh, you know, it, it, it wasn't something that was talked about. I think it was last minute and obviously in trade, de- or, uh, trade deadline, you know, and, and the team that you're playing for is hosting the Memorial Cup. I mean, there's going to be some action. So um, I don't know. I, I didn't. Uh, I, I was 17. You know, I was a little bit less concerned um, about 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 you know where I was going or anything like that I was just happy to be where I was and and, and getting ready for the game I had that night. Schmitz mentioned the the leadership thing earlier and then of course the Broncos are, are much like the Seattle Thunderbirds are going to be a young team this year so if there's a couple of things and maybe some lessons that you'd like to be able to pass on to some of these younger players uh, on the team this year what do you what kind of uh, you know lasting uh, moments are you hoping to make for these guys? Well I, I want them to know that it goes by fast you know, they have to understand that they can't take a day off. They have to be prepared to play and prepared to work for what they want. You know, nothing comes easy. There's no free handouts. So I think it's important that they, that they know that, you know, um, it goes by very fast. You know, you wake up, you're 18, you wake up, you're 19, you wake up, now you're 20, you know, and then you, then you go to sleep for another 10 months and you wake up again and your season starts in March and you only got 24 games in your final, final year. You know, it's just like, it goes by quick. You know, and and you have to enjoy it. You know, this is it's it's a it's a ton of fun. You know, it's that's really what it's about is having fun, and and I think that's uh, the important important uh, thing that needs to be emphasized. You're going to have the opportunity to end your career by really leaving it all out there because, as, as Bosch said, I think 24 games over 48 days, and you're, you're an overage defenseman on a young team. I mean, you're likely going to play a, a ton of hockey. Are, are you ready for that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, I'm going to be leaving everything I have out there every game you know there's there's no there's not going to be any in between. There's not, not going to be a night off. It's going to be 20, 24 games of, of, uh, you know, everything, you know, 100, 150%, you know, more than, more than what I can give. It's going to be, um, everything. I'm going to make sure that there's, uh, there's nothing where I can look back and say, I wish I did more, you know, I'm going to be proud of, of, of how hard I worked and how, you know, the, the opportunity, uh, that I took, took advantage of. Of course, uh, you know, with this being the last 24 games in the Western league for you, you're, you're hyper-focused on that, of course, but you know, when it comes to post Western league for you, is there, are you thinking school might be an option for you or are you trying to look at maybe some, some pro deals uh, in the States somewhere or anything like that? Yeah, it's, it's obviously um, something that needs to be looked at um, and a decision needs to be made, but I'm, I'm, I want to play professional hockey. Uh, school is always there. It's a, 
it's a great option. Um, but I want to pursue my hockey career. It's just, it's too early right now. I, I want to, I want to play this, this season and, and get rolling and, and then, and then, uh, look after that to, to, you know, where the opportunity is. You have the opportunity to end your career in uh, the same city and the same facility that it all got started in. Uh, ha has that crossed your mind at all? The, the fact that the hub is going to be in Regina where you got your start in the league? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I was happy to, to see that it was there, you know, I'll get to be back in the branch and, and playing there. Um, I'm just excited to play, you know, it could be, could be in, in the middle of a, a lake in the middle of Saskatchewan for all I care. You know, as long as I'm on a team, you know, with the, with the, with the guys and, and playing hockey, I, I can't possibly complain. I think people always know how tight knit uh, teams are with sports uh, hockey, of course, is part of that. So this year, I think it's going to be even more so with, you know, things sort of being restricted to, you know, the rink and, and the, the dorms at the university. So really an opportunity to, to really get to know this group of guys that you're going to be with. Absolutely. It's going to be a great opportunity to uh, we're going to be spending lots of time together and, and uh, it, it's going to take a lot of discipline, you know, but I think that, uh, you know, this hardship type uh, type style of, of what we're going to go through, you know, the grind, you know, of, of, of uh, 24 games, you know, in that short period of time, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of hard work, less rest. Uh, but I think it's it's good. It's beneficial for the group and the guys. Well, Owen, uh, thanks a lot for, for taking the time out of uh, quarantine to, to join <laughs> us here on Zoom. That's kind of how we do things these days. And, uh, Don't worry, I had lots of time. Lots and <laughs> lots of time. <laughs> well, we're, uh, we're looking forward to watching you play on our, on our small screens or any screen that we can. And uh, welcome you. to the Swift Current Bronco family, man. Thank you. Thank, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. All right, a big thank you to uh, Owen Williams, our featured guest on uh, Broncos this week. And uh, just talking to that young man from Delta BC, Craig, it, uh, it sounds like he's going to be someone who's depended on to play a lot of minutes and provide some, some much-needed leadership to a young group. Yeah, and that's exciting. Um, you know, you heard him say that he, he wants to play pro hockey, so that, uh, that kind of already gives you an indication of how dedicated he is to making sure that he takes full advantage of this 24-game season and the fact that he wants to, to make an impact on these young guys too. I mean, he's, he's been around the league 190 games career in his career at this moment, so uh, I think a guy who's going to play a lot of minutes every game for the Broncos but also try and teach these young guys off the ice what it takes to be a regular So. Seems like a great pickup by the Broncos and uh, really looking forward to seeing how much of an impact he has on this team. Yeah, just announced today and uh, there's more information on the Swift Current Broncos website and on the Broncos social channels. WHL Live on CHL TV, a new streaming provider, a new look and an exciting time for Bronco fans to be able to follow the team while they play out of that Regina hub. Yeah, like you said, it's, it's all on the Broncos website there. If you just go to scbroncos.com, it's the most recent uh, uh, story on the uh, the news feed. So uh, full new streaming platform. Obviously, it's been new line for the last couple of years, and I think it's uh, Verizon now for the future. So uh, exciting times of what they're doing with this. I think they really want to try and make it into like a sort of a TV style broadcast over the next few years. So I think as the years go on, there'll be new features added, uh, you know, every couple of years, if not every single year to sort of change things up and, and spice things up a little bit. So uh, it's an exciting time to sort of lock in. And of course, that's the only time or the only way that uh, Broncos fans can can watch the team this year. So um, I encourage everyone to go check out uh, the details on scbroncos.com and uh, hopefully uh, a lot of people are going to enjoy it and uh, sign up to watch the team uh, at the Brent Center this year.
Yeah, our next Broncos This Week podcast, uh, I'll still be in good old sense-making Sunny Swift current, but uh, your end of it, you'll be in the hub. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, I'm excited to get there. It's going to be a strange week, obviously, with the team arriving on Saturday and then having to, to isolate until uh, we get back-to-back negative tests for everybody, and that's when everyone will be allowed to sort of go and go practice type of thing. So uh, arriving on Saturday, I believe we're getting tested on Sunday, and then Wednesday is kind of the plan right now to, to make sure that everyone's clear and good to go so uh, it's going to be an interesting week in a, in a small small dorm room I haven't set foot in one of those in, in about 10 years since I was in college so uh, it'll be a bit of a throwback in that sense and try and find ways to stay entertained and uh, not go a little bit uh, stir crazy inside of a, a small dorm room but uh, it's going to be a, an exciting experience and it's just going to feel nice to sort of be back around with the team and and getting into a, a routine of you know watching practices and then calling the games again so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Right on, Bosch. Enjoy your final few days of freedom, and we'll uh, chat with you next week from the Hub. This is Broncos This Week, brought to you by Original 60. You've been listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.